What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. They say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And you have to admit it. It's been a few days since we've dropped the new app and you've missed it. You've missed this experience. You've missed me. Well, maybe not so much me. You've missed the information, actionable information getting piped into those wireless earbuds of yours, assuming they're wireless. Shout out to my corded listeners, though. Well, this is a blockbuster return and we're going to be back all week. So don't worry. I am loaded. Some might say overloaded, but that's also how I would describe today's episode because we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, a little team in Texas that was the number one scoring team last year. Yeah, this is a big one. I dialed up Landon McCool. You can find him at McCool BCB. You can hear him on Locked On Cowboys and the Best Coast Boys podcast. And he's been at camp and he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2022 Dallas Cowboys. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Landon McCool. Hello. Hello, Landon. Thank you uh, so much for joining me uh, once again. Very excited to talk about the Cowboys. As you might know, uh, people in the fantasy community are fairly interested in this team. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be... Uh, it's definitely going to have one or two players who are, are going to be uh, pretty serious fantasy mover and shakers i would imagine to say the least for sure i mean especially coming off last year when this offense was a, a cash cow for fantasy gamers uh, yeah. like what i like to do is start off with a little uh, recap of last year they were uh, the top scoring team in all of football they had the most yards and they ran the second most plays that's everything we could ask for as drafters uh, and they did a lot of this through the years they were third in passing yards with the sixth most attempts they weren't bad in the run game finishing ninth in rushing yards and uh, if there's any blemish on this offense from last year for fantasy gamers they did finish 17th in rush TDs uh, Zeke drafters I'm sure remember that but obviously uh, we're all coming back for more it's a new year and some pieces have left though or are banged up from what you've seen in camp what should we expect from this offense uh, in terms of scheme, formations, tendencies, anything that'll help us get a sense of this Cowboys offense, you know, that we're looking to, to fire on, on all cylinders again here in 2022? Well, I, I think, you know, uh, just by what we've all seen in the offseason, that they're, they're kind of looking to scale things back as far as just target distribution, you know, and, and kind of concentrate things. I think... Clearly, they felt like they wanted to give CeeDee Lamb a ton more targets. And uh, I, I think that was, you know, part of what drove, you know, the, the, the CeeDee Lamb uh, expulsion, let's frankly say it. I mean, getting a fifth rounder for, for CeeDee Lamb is basically just short of cutting him. Uh, I, I think, you, you know, mean was, Amari was, Cooper. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Amari Cooper. Yes. Uh, and I think that, that that just allowed them to kind of, give upwards of you know 130 140 targets this year and 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 i you know i think that you you look at 
the Dalton Schultz situation and how much they were using him last year. Uh, I think that they're, you know, we'll have, a, I'm sure we'll have a conversation about Tony Pollard, but I think that they're, they're going to want to give him uh, more, t- more touches. And I think that a lot of that will come into the past game. So I, I think if anything, the, the change this year is maybe less of trying to distribute the ball to a whole bunch of different uh, talented wide receivers and kind of more concentrating uh, on on you know a more, less smaller group, but using formations and scheme to kind of get them open a little bit more. I, that's where I feel like Kellen Moore is kind of taking control of this offense. And when you think about Kel- a Kellen Moore offense, or at least when I do, I think about someone who's who's going to try to formation you to death. And I think that's that's what Kellen Moore is going to look to do in order to free up guys like. CeeDee Lamb and, and and Pollard and obviously Zeke is gonna get a, a huge amount of touches. That goes without saying. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what I think about when I think about the changes between last year and this year. Well, that's music to drafters' ears, uh, especially when it comes to to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he's getting taken uh, pretty high, top top part of round two. And uh let, let's go to him next before we d- dive into the we'll we'll get to Zeke and Pollard for sure. <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah, I think <laughs> you know they're salivating over CD Lamb though now that he's uh seemingly the top target and it sounds like that concentration uh, will happen. But he did disappoint a bit last year in, in this high-powered offense. Uh, you know, this was uh, the top offense. He didn't make a sophomore leap like we wanted. Only five more catches and one more touchdown and 70ish more yards. How has Lamb looked and uh it sounds like they're going his way, uh, and will that lead to being the fantasy stud we all want? Yeah, I mean, I I have every anticipation, especially with the way that the Cowboys, um, you know, wide receiver room is currently constructed. I have every expectation that he could potentially lead the league in you know yardage. I mean, he's gonna. I think he's gonna have that kind of year just because I think his targeting is gonna be out of control. They've clearly concentrated on him. Dax, you know. Uh, formed a bond with him um, until Gallup comes back until uh, Tolbert can develop. He's really, the, you know, the guy that they're going to want a game plan for and, and get the ball to and, and solely the, the guy that they're going to want to in that wide receiver room. So I, I think he's in for a huge year. He looks great out at camp. Uh, his connection with Dak looks fantastic. Um, there's other guys in that receiving core. I think that the receiving core overall, despite not having, Gallup and and kind of having a young guy as their you know white guy functioning as wide receiver two on that team, uh, I think the wide receiver core has looked really good in training camp. Um, it's missing kind of a middle class, and that's and that's where because of missing that middle class, that's what's going to allow someone like CD Lamb to absolutely eat because he's going to get his targets plus you know some of the targets that might have normally gone to you might have schemed for your wide receiver two to kind of mix it up. I think he's just going to continue to eat. Uh, a lot and i think that the the key was to get him more in the slot and more uh moving around in the formation in order to kind of allow him to get more open so that they could give him more targets yeah you mentioned uh the slot and i think people are very curious about his usage uh, are they moving him all all over the field uh you know is it mainly going to be some slot play uh, it sounds like this guy is going to be uh everywhere anywhere he can get the ball yeah i think it, it's a lot of you know it's a lot of slot i mean i think that's i saw a lot of him in this you know what they call that nasty split where he's it's a real short split off the tackle and he's on the line of scrimmage but it's kind of on you know it's it's a uh, it's in the slot right like right where a tight end would kind of be um and you know lots of just motioning him across the formation in bunches uh but yeah not a ton of like 
you know, when you think about 88s in the past, especially you think about Des Bryant, you think about them playing the X and, and playing on the line of scrimmage uh, and, and kind of being able to eat up coverage as needed on the outside. I think with, with, with CD, they're trying to specifically make it difficult for them to try to uh, cover him up, uh, to, to play him tight, to, to double him up, um, you know, by, by facilitating him moving around all over the formation. And, and, and even like, you know, setting up guys like Tolbert who are, he's a young guy uh, to play multiple positions in order to facilitate moving CD lamb around in a formation. So uh, I think they have big plans for making sure that he's not just being isolated on the outside and so that they can free him up. Well, this is great stuff, Landon. This is why we're here. We're getting the inside scoop. And uh, to that end, you, you know, you mentioned some of the other guys in this wide receiver room already. You know, Jalen Tolbert, obviously the buzziest name in, in the fantasy streets. I'm a TJ Vasher guy from Texas Tech. Uh, I'm a yeah. sick degenerate who had him stashed on a Debbie squad mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for a dollar back in the day. Uh, there's the semi heads out there after that Diggs video. Uh, the real sickos, the real sicko degenerates are out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the the Dennis Houston, they want some Dennis Houston talk. Um, well, you know, what, how is this stacking up behind CD Lamb? Obviously, with Gallup, you know, probably not coming back until you know September at the earliest. You know, it, it's the the wide receiver room to me has been really fascinating this year because again, like you know, it, they they definitely and and everybody in Cowboys Nation is like really up in arms that they need another wide receiver in here and that, they, you know, until Gallup gets back that they're, they're you know, short and they don't have the talent that they need. And and I don't necessarily disagree on some points, but I I'm also a big uh, uh, Tolbert believer. So I, I think that he can, you know, hold down the fort at least early in the, in the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, waited it out a little bit, or maybe at least waited through week one before they brought in anybody else into the, into the room from the outside. I, I think Tolbert has looked good. Uh, I you know he's looked as consistent as you see you know kind of third round rookies look. He hasn't been out of place as much. Uh, you see him you know I, I saw him, I think I've noticed him once where Dak had to correct his alignment or something in, in the middle of team. Um, but outside of that, like he really seems on it. They've been moving him around like I like I mentioned before. Um, kind of in that in that Z spot where where he can be the motion guy, and again just allow uh, uh, CD to line up more in the slot as as they as they can. And obviously, you know, you mentioned Dennis Houston getting lots of reps with the with the ones. Uh, I, I think it's mostly because he's functioning as like that X receiver for them, uh, and he really is kind of uh, uh, incredibly reliable. It's one of those things where. I think that Noah Brown, especially, and, and Simi Fahoko, as you mentioned, are having really, really, really good camps. Really good camps. Like, Noah Brown looks like a different player. He's lost, I think, 10 to 15 pounds. He's running routes, and he's just playing the wide receiver position with more confidence than I've ever seen him before. He's making plays. Um, and and I think Fahoku is a similar situation. He's gained weight, He's but he's but he's still maintained that speed and his, and his skill set looks developed but both of these guys are having problems kind of cracking into the first group of rotation because Dennis Houston it's not that he's necessarily flashy but he just runs the right route all the time and he catches the ball every single time it just and he won't relent his spot on the with the first team so uh, that's why I think the room is fascinating to me is that you know we're, we're all worried about the talent level at the wide receiver position 
uh, outside of CD Lamb, obviously, and once in Gallup, once he comes back. But they have these guys, including Tol- Tolbert, obviously, that have had really good camps and really shown out. Um, and 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 sh- it it really is hard to gauge. You know, is it enough? Is it enough for the Cowboys to you know not necessarily need a veteran presence? And what does that mean? Are they are all these guys going to get targets? Are all these guys going to be part of the of the plan early on? Uh, or is it going to be a situation where, oh, okay, well, Dennis Houston just never kind of really relented and he had a good camp. Are we really going to go into the season with, you know, Dennis Houston as wide receiver three? I I, I think we'll learn more as the preseason games. And as I would say, especially, and I, I, if, if you want a, a, a projection tip, I, I would say pay more attention to what happens in these practices in Denver and, and against the Chargers than what's happening in the preseason. Uh, I, I think you know they've learned that they they can control these situations a lot better than they can the preseason, and I think that allows the coaches to have a level of confidence where they're going to play the guys who are going to be playing on Sundays in these practices because they can protect them a little bit better. Well, so, we're, we are here for the tips, so thank you, Landon. And uh, it's, so it's 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 Lamb, it's Tolbert, and it's Houston with the ones right now. I mean, it, you see him obviously rotate in and out, but but those are the guys who consistently are the ones going out there when they're in 11 personnel. If you're in an underdog draft right now, which a lot of you, you probably are, but we've got to be drafting some Houston. Okay, uh, let's move it on uh, to this is what people are here for. All right, Landon. They, they, <laughs> let's move on to the Zeke and Pollard talk. Uh, oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you, you'll be answering this all month and I uh, have already talked too much about this already. Uh it seems like there's two camps, obviously, you know, one that believed that Pollard, you know, is the better back and the coaches will have to use him. And the other camp uh, is, you know, Zeke is very much the starter still. And, you know, all that Pollard love is a little bit a, a, a wish casting, as we like to say. I'm actually, you know, I was actually kind of shocked prepping for this to see Pollard. He only has uh, 10 career touchdowns, which, you know. I'm a, a Pollard fan. I think he's great back. Uh, that, that, that that number was a little surprising, though. I thought, you know. So, yeah. obviously, yeah. Obviously, if, you know, if something happens to Zeke, you know, he's the best handcuff in fantasy football. So, there's appeal there. But uh, how are we seeing this play out uh, if both are healthy uh, on game day? All right. I'm going to give you another name that is key to this whole situation. And his name is Rico Dowdle. Uh, now, if, if, you don't, if your fans don't know Rico Dowdle, Rico Dowdle last year was the running back three. And he he got injured. Uh, I think it was a hip injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be wrong about that, but 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 he got injured like near the end of camp. And I think, and still, I thought then, I still think that it was a much much bigger injury than uh, than people realized at the time. Because to me, Rico Dowdle was a guy that they that they were going to bring on to the 53 man roster. He was going to be a game day player. He was going to get carries during the game. And I thought that if Rico Dowdle was able to make it to the game day, he would actually help alleviate some of the uh, running back two duties that they were going to you know have to obviously give to Pollard uh, in order for Pollard to actually be used more as a movable chess piece weapon. You know, we saw a lot in training camp of this 20 uh 21 20 personnel you know having both of them on the field at the same time i think at one point i even saw 31 personnel uh 30 personnel where they had uh you know the fullback tony and and zeke on the field at the same time 
Uh, I, I think Pollard, you know, has such a unique skill set coming out of college where he was basically just a, a slot receiver in Memphis. Uh, I think that that getting uh, Pollard different kinds of touches is something that the Cowboys are are going to prioritize this year. And I, and I think what that means is that, you know, they don't necessarily want him to have to function as halfback too. You know, they, they, they're going to give him his series like they have in the past. But I think that what that could mean is that you get Tony Pollard in a kind of more defined separate role than Zeke so that even if Zeke gets nicked up or something, maybe those carries go to Rico Dowdle. And then Tony Pollard continues in his selected, you know, curated package that get where he gets the ball in very specific ways with him, you know, getting the ball on the move and that sort of thing. So, and I actually think that that was kind of even further um, uh, cemented by the signing of this kid from the USFL, Kevontae Turpin, because I think Turpin's going to make the team. Like he's, he's been the one returning all the punts and kicks like that's uh, undoubted. What's interesting is that you're also seeing with some of the uh, running back depth that problems that the Cowboys have had with uh, Shamplin and 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 uh, some of the other younger guys who caught uh, COVID. I think actually Dowdle at one point is that you saw uh, uh, Turpin taking running back snaps, and and they're just trying to find ways to kind of get this guy on the field. And I think part of it too is that he could be potentially be Tony Pollard's backup for this role. So all of this is to say. Tony Pollard is going to get a lot of touches. I, I I don't I think he may get similar amount of running back touches that he had last year, maybe a so, slightly fewer, but I think he will overall get more touches than he did last year simply because I think they're going to do a better job and they're going to have have more availability to do a better job of scheming him open, using him in different ways. Um and and I think that it's it, Everyone is right, to, rightful to be skeptical about this conversation because we've we've heard this before, but I, I really do think that 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 not having a, a third running back to kind of help facilitate the other aspects of the job that they were expecting their other half their second halfback two to do uh, made it more difficult for the Cowboys to kind of deploy Pollard in the way they wanted to last year, and they don't have that problem this year. I love it. So we're reshaping, we're reframing the narrative a bit here. Zeke is, is going to be Zeke, and we're going to let Pollard, uh, you know, not necessarily be the halfback too, but uh, his own thing. Uh, I love it, Landon. So we're keeping an eye. We're writing down. We, we, you mentioned Rico last year. You were very high on him last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he got injured, uh, you know, before. And he looks great. He looks great in training camp too. He came back. That was one thing I was concerned about was him coming back and, and looking the same way. He actually slimmed down a little bit. He little looks a little bit quicker. All these running backs, he, Zeke too. Zeke looks like, like, you know, early training camp last year and, and, and closer to 2016 Zeke, you know, he's lost. He still has that weight off from the previous year. Uh, still looks quick with, with the PCL injury healed. So, uh, there's some quickness in that group. I mean, obviously Tony Pollard leads the way in that respect, uh, but even Rico Dowdle, who was, you know, had some speed to his game, but also slimmed down a little bit to kind of be a little bit quicker. The heart and soul of this offense is uh, Dak Prescott, who is obviously hashtag good at the game and uh, the key <laughs> to all, all this uh, explosive output. Uh, drafters can't really complain with a 37 touchdown and almost 5,000 yard passing season, but his health certainly must play a role in his rushing output. In 16 games last year, he only had 60 more rushing yards than the five he was in in 2020, and a career low one touchdown on the ground. Drafters 
obviously love them some Konami code QBs, uh, <laughs> very buzzy term uh, with two ways to pile up the points. Uh, how yeah. has Dak looked, uh, you know, so far in camp? And do you think that, you know, gone are the days of him chipping in six to seven TDs on the ground in addition to what he does through the air? No, I don't think those days are gone. Um, I think they're, I think they're back. Um, I, I think that, what you've seen out here is is you know the building that you know, obviously we're still in an install phase right now in training camp. So they've been slow rolling all of this out to us, you know, in, in piecemeal. Uh, but one of the days that I did go out there and see, uh, they were doing kind of a lot of misdirect stuff, uh, and 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 part of that also was them running zone read stuff including in the end zone yeah you know, i'm sorry not in the red zone uh which 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 ended up with dak in the end zone um so i i think you know they are dak is you know all the way back from his calf injury a, a year removed from that absolutely brutal ankle injury before that um and and i you know he's he slimmed down a little bit i think he's gotten a little bit more flexible i i'm not you know looking to say that he's he's going to go out there and you know break numbers uh, you know running the ball or or even at the volume of anything close to like lamar jackson or anything like that but back to what dak what we're used to with dak where he uses it as a as a uh, uh, move the chains tool he uses it as a to create make himself a red zone weapon right in, in order to uh, run it in on, on in tight situations near the red zone in zone reads and RPOs and that sort of thing. So they they specifically were running you know zone read keepers and stuff with Dak in practice. So to me you know and, and multiple times it wasn't just some fluky situation. So I think that Dak is you know now that he's healthy with from both situations. I mean that's that was the real thing. I think early on it was like he's just we're just glad he's back from the ankle situation. Uh, and then, uh, you know, once New England rolled around and he kind of hurt his calf, it made it even more impossible for him to have the explosion uh, to kind of move forward and, and and create bad angles for defenders. So now that he's healthy, I expect that to kind of go back and reset to what we're used to. Music to my ears. All right. Rounding to the finish in the tight end room. Dalton Schultz is an unlikely fantasy headliner, especially for broken galaxy brainers who have been drafting him on underdogs since uh, after the Super Bowl. He did get over 100 Targets had 88 catches uh, for over 800 yards and eight touchdowns. A tight end premium dream. How has Schultz <laughs> looked? And should we expect uh, you know his role to remain the same? Uh, and it sounds like maybe with the you know the concentration and the wide receiver room a bit banged up. Yeah, I I would imagine Schultz is going to have a big year. I mean, uh, I, I don't. I, I think he's a very reliable, maybe not dynamic tight end, but but you know he he's always where he's supposed to be. He's got reliable hands. Um, he he can go up and get the ball. Um, you know he's not quite the vertical threat that you uh, see that some of these other uh, tight ends are. So I don't know that he's going to have um, maybe the yardage totals that that he should for the number of targets and or catches that he will receive. But he did produce like. Uh, you know, 800 plus receiving yards last year. I would not be shocked to see him somehow get close to a thousand yards receiving simply because of the reasons that we just said, right? Like he's reliable. Dak knows him. Uh, and you know, he's, he's up for a big year, obviously being playing on the franchise tag and, and trying to earn a big contract. So I think his targeting is going to be similar, if not maybe increased. I would also say that they will likely use more, 
more like tight end heavy formations. I, I think, you know, that's another reason again, to kind of uh, part ways with, with the, uh, with with Cooper was they felt like they had to be in 11 personnel more than they wanted to be at times. I think they like to use t- 12 and 13 personnel to manipulate defenses and they have multiple guys that they feel confident throwing the football to. Unfortunately, Jake Ferguson has had a little bit of a hamstring early in camp, but I think they like what they've seen from him so far in OTAs and early in training camp. Sean McEwen, who is a, uh, a, a I think he was a, a signed free agent uh, two years ago, but he's been in our system for a little bit while, and, and he's he's I think a guy that's a player on the rise potentially for the Cowboys. Sean McEwen might be a guy to keep in mind for dynasty stuff, I think, because he's a guy that they'll hold on to beyond this year. I feel very confident. Uh, and if they can't figure something out with Dalton Schultz, maybe they they try to accelerate, you know, Jake Ferguson. And I would not at all be surprised if Sean McEwen was tied into next on this team next year. So uh, at the very least, he he will be a guy that 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 they will hold on to and 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 will get some playing time. And they I think they like some of the younger guys they have too, including Peyton Hendershot, who was a, a, a undrafted free agent this year. It sounds like uh, you know the whispers in the wind that that they they've thought he's had a good camp. So uh, maybe they hold on to him somehow, or or in in you know stash him on the the practice squad and then call him up for game day. So uh, the thin rooms is kind of, you know, obviously Dalton Schultz is the headliner. Ferguson gets a lot of the press, but there is some interesting guys uh, down further down the roster that the Cowboys, I think have plans for. Let's see. Sean McCune, MCK. I'm writing down his yeah, name right now. I know. Popping that, in. I, <laughs> I know everyone who's going to be look, searching for it. Just know that it's MCK EON, but I, I, I promise you we've checked on it's McEwen. So uh, I love it. All right. Well, you've uh, this is a masterclass once again, Landon. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here. One last question, but it's a bit of a toughie. What's your boldest fantasy take for this Cowboys offense in 2022? I'm bold. I mean, my prediction is this. I think they may have some struggles early on simply because of the lack of wide receiver firepower. I think, uh, but what I think once Gallup comes back, by the time this the end of the season rolls around, I would not at all be surprised if this was a more efficient, uh, more explosive Cowboys offense than it was last year. Uh, I think I think as Tyler Smith, their draft pick, you know, develops, uh, I think that he is going to have uh, an enormous impact, positive impact early on, right away in the run game. I, what I've seen him out there is him absolutely burying folks in a way that we haven't seen another guard do outside of Zach Martin. Now he still needs to kind of figure things out fully in the past game, but and I think he will. Uh, but I think that is going to really help this Cowboys offense become more efficient uh, and then eventually become more explosive as teams are are forced to kind of deal with the, uh, the kind of dual, dual headed running attack of Zeke and, and Pollard. Um, and 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 then the, the result of that is more opportunities for Dalton Schultz and 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 eventually Gallup. Uh, and again, I, I have high hopes for guys like uh, Tolbert um, and 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 some of these younger guys that I think, you know, as the season goes on, that they'll start to step up a little bit more. This is a very young team, and and I think uh, despite Zeke and and, and Dak, who are now the old men of this on this offense, uh, I think as the season goes on, this offense will get will get better. 
I could have taken Tolbert. I drafted Alec Pierce in a rookie draft. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm. It's not really breaking my way on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially so. Yeah, especially early, right? Because it just feels like if Gallup can't come back, look, I know people are talking about him. You know, in uh, week seven or eight, I don't. I from what it sounds like, and from what I've seen on the field, he's on the cords already. From what I, it sounds like from from people like Stephen Jones when they talk about him, they're they're the debate is whether or not to, whether or not to put him on pup early, you know, and 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 I think that is that to me indicates that we're talking about weeks three through five, right? So for for the first few weeks of this team. I, I think that Jalen Tolbert is going to, despite being a rookie, I think he's going to be a heavy part of this offense, uh, maybe heavier than they want to early on, uh, unless they go out and, and, and secure someone like, you know, T.Y. Hilton or, or some other free agent wide receiver. I, I think they're going to rely on Tolbert. And I think that they've kind of, you know, trusted him so far in practices and, and he hasn't shown any reason not to. You can find him at McCool BCB. You can hear him. Uh, on Locked On Cowboys and the Best Coast Boys podcast, uh, Landon, thank you again. Uh, any any other places? Uh, you know where 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 else can people find you? Is that it? Oh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're in the Dallas area, I, I do a, a, a weekly uh, hit on WFAA on Friday mornings before Sunday games. So look out for that when the regular season comes. Uh, but yeah, definitely check me out on uh, on all those things he just mentioned. Awesome. Thank you once again, Landon, and uh, have a great season. Thank you, Tony Pollard reframed flex appeal Dak prescott alpha qb you are now dialed in ready for a career in behavioral health earn your online degree at herzing university choose from health and human services psychology or social work programs gain the skills to work coordinate and manage nonprofits. secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online masters of social work let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.